You see, we find our pleasure in God more than anything else in this life. And if you're finding more pleasure in this life than God, then you're not really experiencing God because there's nothing else like God. We need a God happening, a God awakening, a grace awakening. Hi, welcome back for another episode with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. You can watch the broadcast live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. You can also watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Search Pastor Scott Huffman. Today's message is The Grace Awakening. Pastor Scott is joined with his wife Marilyn and daughter Casey. Let's turn to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, a familiar passage. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone boast. All right, shall we pray? Lord, we thank you and praise you for this broadcast. We thank you for every person now viewing and listening. And Lord, may you bless their hearts. May you encourage them, lift them up in the things of God and your kingdom. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, this is the age of the grace awakening, as I mentioned earlier. God is calling us to awaken to grace. The spiritual year of, or season of Jubilee. That's what Jesus preached in Galilee as he began his earthly ministry. A lot of people don't realize that. A spiritual celebration of joy began Jesus Christ. Now, he put new wine in new wineskins. Grace is divine favor poured out in the life of the believer. It says in Ephesians, we're fully accepted in the beloved. Everybody say that. Fully I'm fully accepted, accepted in the beloved. beloved. Praise God, we have been fully accepted by God, not according to our works, but according to his grace and favor. Let's look at Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, some people ask, what was the message that Jesus preached? Well, just as Marilyn read, that is the message. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. In the Old Testament, the year of Jubilee was the acceptable year of the Lord. Every 50 years in Israel, the people were freed from all their debts, all their mortgage payments, and they were allowed to rest for one year without working. Can you imagine that? Mm. You know, we began our church, Lighthouse Church, in the year of Jubilee in 1998, 50 years after Israel became a nation in 1948 on May 14th, Jesus preached and brought a message of grace. Let's look at John 1, 16 and 17. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Praise God. By grace, God has already provided everything you need through the redemptive work of his Son. He has freely given us all things, and God has made provision for all things, for abundance of life and blessing. God has called us to be to benefit in life, in Him. In Christ we've received forgiveness and removal of sins, healing for our physical bodies, and freedom from financial burden and poverty, and the overcoming power and victory to be successful in every endeavor and aspect of life. These things are yours, they belong to you. But as the children of Israel discovered, there's a critical difference between ownership and position. As the Israelite nation approached the land of promise, God spoke to them as a people and said, essentially, it's yours. I've given it to you. But now 
you must go and take possession. And that's the problem. So many believers have not taken possession of those things that are already legally theirs in Christ. But we need to possess our possessions. The land became legally and judicially theirs the moment the mighty sovereign God decreed it so. Yet nothing about their life or circumstances changed in that moment. In fact, an entire generation of Israelites died in the wilderness because of unbelief and doubt without ever enjoying and rightfully what rightfully belonged to them. Why? Because they followed fear and unbelief to rob them of their God-given inheritance that only Joshua and Caleb and their families took possession of. And that generation all perished in the wilderness because of their unbelief and doubt. Let's look at Numbers 14, 24, 37, 38. You have to raise it a little bit more, Kelly. Up. Thank you. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and was followed me fully, I will bring into the land where they, he went, and his descendants will inherit it. Did you read 37, 38? I'm jumping into that. Those very men who yes. brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. So the two men that brought a good report, it's so important in life that we bring good reports to people. We speak a report of faith and belief and trust in the living God and the living word of God. And Joshua and Caleb were faithful. They were of another spirit, the Bible says, and they fully followed the Lord. And because of that, they were given the promise to enter the promised land. Faith actually reaches over into the spiritual realm and draws with God out of the abundance that we are supplied to us and brings back into the physical realm into a reality on earth as in heaven. Faith is like the game you played as a kid. You know, where there was this mechanical arm, you put some money in the machine, and then this arm reached out and tried to grab a stuffed toy. Maybe you've <laughs> never done that, but that's what it did. And you mechanically tried to manipulate this arm to grab a toy. Well, faith is like that arm reaching out and grabbing into the invisible world and getting a hold of the blessings and the realities of God and bringing them into the physical world. Or it's like the spark in the cylinder that ignites the gas-air mixture to drive the car. That's how faith works. So how does grace fix into this mix? Well, grace is unmerited or undeserved favor and blessing. Grace understands Grace forgives, grace lifts, grace receives, grace embraces, grace releases us from ourselves, and grace, most importantly, loves. Mm -hmm. In the Greek text, it's the word charis, which means acceptable, to benefit, to favor, or to be favored. A gift, gracious, joy, liberality, pleasure, thankfulness. Grace is really the love and goodness of God being poured out into us through the power and gifting of the Holy Spirit. We don't work for it, we don't deserve it, but we just receive it through faith. Grace is the only way you will excel in the things of God. It's the only way you will increase in the kingdom and God's blessing. Grace takes you to another level in God. Grace will give you a new revelation of who God is and what he is and what he wants to do in your life. Grace really is the love of God being poured out upon us the power and the gifting of the Holy Spirit. To receive God's grace is to receive his favor and beneficial power in our lives. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Grace is not getting anything you work 
to achieve, but rather only received. There are so many Christians, or contrasts, I should say, in the Bible. One of the greatest contrasts is law and grace. Law demands, but grace receives. Law has a requirement attached to it. The law is binding. When you exceed the speed limit, you're driving down the freeway, and you exceed that limit, the law is binding, and you will get a speeding ticket if you're pulled over by the police. But if the officer shows mercy and grace, you won't receive what you rightly deserve. That's the difference between grace and law. As believers in Christ, we walk in grace and not according to the law. The Bible says no man or woman is justified in God's sight by the keeping of the law. Let's look at Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. No one is made righteous by the keeping of the law, and yet so many people today, and they live in this religious cycle, thinking if they do good and be good, somehow that'll make, uh, that will please God, appease God, bring favor from God. And it doesn't work that way. You can't be made righteous. You can't be justified in God's side by being religious or keeping the law. By the works of the law, no flesh is justified or made righteous. Religion is really a work of the law. And yet, grace is unconditional and freely bestowed on the believer in Christ. But it must be incorporated or exercised to be utilized in our lives. Grace doesn't involve effort or sweat. You know, Bible says, the Bible says wool is a type of the flesh and cotton is a type of the spirit in the Bible. The priests always ministered wearing cotton, a type of the spirit and grace. The only way we can be justified or declared righteous in God's eyes is by faith in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let's continue. Galatians is the best book to study in the Word of God concerning grace. I always tell new believers, begin with the book of Galatians. Start with Mark, move to Galatians, and then continue your journey through Acts and the rest of the New Testament. Grace keeps us going in the right direction in our walk in the Lord. Galatians 3 one through five. O oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before those eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Let's stop there. <clears throat> Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? We receive the Holy Spirit by the hearing of faith. And what I mean by receiving the Holy Spirit is after you've been born again, after you've received Christ, you, you can experience another uh, relationship with the Lord, and that is the baptism with the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit comes upon. The Greek word is a P, the Spirit coming upon a believer. And uh, that happened to me many years ago when the Spirit came upon me like warm oil, fell from heaven, filled me up with the power and the gifting of the Holy Spirit. How, well, how did that come? It came by the hearing of faith, not by the works of the law. We receive the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, by the hearing of faith. In the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit falling upon believers to be filled with the Spirit and speak in other tongues and prophesy. Did you read verse 3? No, not yet. Um, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now no, 
now being made perfect by the flesh? Paul said you began in the spirit. Now you're trying to be perfected in the flesh. You're trying to progress in God and his kingdom by self-effort and it won't work. We can't do it in our own efforts, our own work. That's why so many believers uh, are not walking the power of the spirit because they're trying to appease God or please God in the efforts of their own flesh. And they're not living in the gifting and the empowering of God. Verse 5 talks about that miracles were performed by the believers and the Holy Spirit was given to those who desired to receive the power of the Holy Spirit by the hearing of faith. And this was called a work of grace. These believers started well and then they were deceived by deception by returning to the works of the law and trying to be perfected through human effort. It's so easy to get sidetracked in our Christian experience and get off what God originally intended for us. As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. How did you receive him? You receive him by faith. We continue as we walk by faith. During Paul's day, a group of religious people came along called the Judaizers. They were evil, and they were bent on bringing God's people back under the law, under religious tradition. And in the name of Christianity, they saw the Mosaic law as binding in a Christian's life. This still goes on today in the church, sadly, all the time. Why is that? I believe tragically because the flesh and ego are so strong. People want to be in control and are drawn to self-works and really dead works and trying to establish their own righteousness, their own goodness in their lives so they can say, I did it. I did it my way. Mm -hmm. By the way, this kind of effort leads to self-righteousness, judgment, judgmentalism, and hypocrisy. I've seen this so many times in the church and how it leads to bondage and spiritual death. The letter of the law kills, the Bible says, but the Holy Spirit gives life. Let's look at Titus 3.5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it's the mercy of God that has saved us. And it's not according to our righteousness, but according to his working in us. This is the word of righteousness which we preach. The Bible says all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our righteousness doesn't impress God. Galatians 3.9, please. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen. Sure, let's stop and say some highs to everyone. Hey, Barefoot Mike. Hello, Corey, Scott. Kyle and Amber. Hey. How was uh, Italy? Hope you had a great trip. Hello, Maggie. We have Joseph in Africa. He says hello. Hey, Joseph in Africa. We have Job. Hello, Job. We have um, George. Uh, it looks like he's also in Africa. Hey, George. Um, and we have Josh in the OC. Josh in the OC. <laughs> all right. And keep shouting out. Praise God. All right. We're glad you're on all with us. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Paul said, stand fast for the liberty, the freedom that you have in Christ. You've got to stand for your freedom. Just like in America, we have to stand and defend our freedom. That's why the Statue of Liberty is out there in the New York Harbor, declaring our freedom. So in Galatians 5.1, what does the Bible say? Stand, stand fast, fast. <laughs> in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Paul said the law was... Our schoolmaster or tutor which brought us to Christ and now we've been freed from the law and are under grace sin was condemned in the flesh when something is condemned it's no longer uh, useful 
Sin has been removed and condemned in Christ. Praise God. Sin was condemned in the flesh that the body of sin would be done away with. Really, that word is eradicated, completely removed. Your sins are buried in the depths of the sea to be remembered no more. God does not remember your sin anymore. If you bring it up, he doesn't know what you're talking about. It's been forgiven and eradicated and removed in Christ. John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world has been taken away at the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. The law now has become null and void in the believer's life. The law can't condemn you. It no longer has power over you. Isn't that good news? The Bible says there's no condemnation, no guilt to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, very quickly, I want to give you five blessings of grace. Everybody say the blessings of grace. <laughs> I'd rather walk in grace than according to the law. Amen. Number one, grace is freedom from sin, guilt, past mistakes. Yeah, do you have any of those? <laughs> we all do. The tyranny of man-made religion. Discouragement, sadness, depression. Isaiah 51.11 speaks to this. So the ransom of the Lord will return and come to Zion until with singing and everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Let's look at it, 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18 in this regard about being freed from sin. Um, now, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we have all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the change in your life. He's the one that transforms us into the very image and likeness of God. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if you're in a church or a place where there's no freedom, my advice to you is to get out. Because where the Spirit of God is, there'll be a sense of freedom. There'll be a lightness. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And if there's a heaviness there, if there's a depression there, if there's a work of the flesh, a work of religion, uh, I'd get away from that. It's not going to be beneficial in your life. Number two, grace is divine favor. God is favoring you in your life. He's benefiting you. You know, the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God's on your side, what else matters in life? Amen? Because God and one and one other person is a majority. Let's look at Proverbs 8, 35. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. So when you find the Lord, you find favor. Praise God. And we all want to grow in favor. We want to be successful in this life. And God can make us successful in the things of him. Number three, grace is beneficial. Grace benefits us. The psalmist said he daily loads me with benefits. Grace is necessary for our spiritual progress. If you don't put makes, excuse me, if grace isn't part of the mix, you're not going to grow in the things of God. You're not going to progress in God. You're not going to advance in God and his kingdom. Grace will make you successful in this life. Second Peter 3.18 but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Number four, grace is pleasurable and enjoyable. If your Christian experience isn't pleasurable or enjoyable, then you're missing out. It should be a wonderful experience, a life full of abundance of joy uh, and excitement in your life. Do you find pleasure in God? You should. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. 
Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see, we find our pleasure in God more than anything else in this life. And if you're finding more pleasure in this life than God, then you're not really experiencing God. Because there's nothing else like God. We need a God happening, a God awakening, a grace awakening. Mm -hmm. Number five, grace is eternal and will always be ever-present, and it never is changing. 1 Peter 5.10 But may the God of... All grace who called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Praise God. Well, guys, continue walking in grace. Continue living the life of grace. That's where the blessing remains. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the people listening now and viewing. If you've never come to Christ today, you've never been born again. Today's your day. I came to the Lord Jesus on a balmy night in Palm Springs, California, age 14. And I receive Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. You can do that right now. Pray this prayer if you're lost and without God. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I ask for the abundance of life that you promised, the joy-filled life, Lord. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I receive you now. I'll follow you and worship you and bless you all the days of my life. And you Christians that have slipped away and you're not walking with God, today's the day to rededicate your life. You say, it's too late, Pastor. I've done too many wrong things. Not so. God has forgiven your sin. He's asking you to come back and be close to him once again. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Pray this prayer. Lord, come close to me again. Forgive me for my sins. I draw now close to you, Lord Jesus. I want to be your friend. I want to be close once again. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. I can't believe we're coming to the end of 2022 pretty soon. We're in the holiday season, and uh, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and Christmas very soon. Blessings to you guys. Keep growing in His grace. Your best days are ahead of you. <laughs> we'll see this week from a mini broadcast. Blessings to you. Thank you for listening to The Message with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Check us out at lnlighthouse.org. Blessings. Blessings.